My brothers and sisters in the Lord, there's a story of a woman who was going on a blind date. And she was very excited because they were going to Commander's Palace for dinner. And after a lovely dinner, they were going for music and dancing. And so as she was preparing, earlier in the day, she went and she got her hair done. She got a manicure. She went home and she made sure that her makeup was just perfect. And she put on her loveliest dress as she was waiting for her date to arrive at 7 p.m. 7 p.m. came, there was no date. The doorbell didn't ring. Maybe he's just a little delayed, she thought to herself. 8 p.m. came, no date, the doorbell didn't ring. She figured she had been stood up. And so she went and she washed off all of her makeup. She let down her hair. She put on her comfy flannel pajamas. She got a big box of chocolate. And she sat on the sofa and she turned on the TV. It was about 9 o'clock. And the doorbell rang. And she went and she opened the door and it was her date. And he looked at her with this look of surprise and shock on his face. And he said to her, I gave you two extra hours and you're still not ready. Her trial is next week. They're claiming justifiable homicide. My friends, are we awake? Are we ready? Are we prepared? Are we vigilant? Do we have oil in our lamps? In the gospel today, Jesus tells the wonderful parable about the ten virgins. These ten women, five are wise and five are foolish. And they're there to escort the bridegroom to the wedding feast, to the banquet hall. But they don't know exactly what time he's going to arrive. As, as we know from the parable, the five wise virgins, they take extra oil. Just in case he is delayed, you never know what's going to happen. The foolish virgins, ah, quesera, seral, no extra oil. And so they fall asleep waiting on the bridegroom. And when midnight comes, they hear the shout, behold the bridegroom. So they get their lamps ready because it is their task to light the way. <clears throat> well, for the five foolish virgins, they didn't have enough oil. And so they have to go and they have to buy oil. While the five wise virgins are escorting the bridegroom to the wedding feast. I mean, I don't know if they had a 24-hour Walmart back then, but they had to go find some oil. And by the time these foolish virgins arrived back at the wedding feast, what does Jesus say in the parable? The door was shut. And they say, Lord, Lord, open the door. And Jesus says, I do not know you. And those very important words at the end. Stay awake, for you do not know the day or the hour. Now, my brothers and sisters, certainly the main point of the parable is an eschatological view. It's at the end of time, at our own particular judgment. Have we been vigilant? Have we stayed awake? Do we have oil in our lamps? Are we ready to meet the Lord whenever he comes? 
But I also like to look at this parable, my brothers and sisters, as a parable not just for the end, but for every single day of our life. Because you know, my friends, we don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. Whether it's life or death, blessing or curse. Because you see, my brothers and sisters, tomorrow we may face a great trial. We may be asked to carry a great cross. There may be a great tribulation. Tomorrow, next week, or next year, there may be financial difficulties, or marriage difficulties, or difficulties with our children or grandchildren, or whatever it may be. We don't know. And the question is, are we prepared? Do we have oil in our lamps so that we may remain faithful and steadfast in those times of trial? Because if not, we're going to go down with the ship. Because our own human experience, my friends, and the experience of history shows us that those who are prepared fare much better than those who are not. And being prepared could mean the difference between life and death in a literal sense. Think of the story, April 1912, the Titanic leaves England in order to travel to New York City. The great and beautiful Titanic that everyone said the ship was insinkable. Nothing could happen to the ship. And so it leaves on its maiden voyage. And as we well know from the story, tragedy hits 14 days into that journey. Now to back up a little bit, before that 14th day, the captain, a man by the name of John Smith, had received six warnings that there was ice in the water. Six times he received six official warnings, but he paid no attention to them. Why? Because the Titanic was insinkable. Nothing to do, no preparations to make. And so he kept the ship going full speed. And then on that 14th day, in the evening, the navigation officer sees the large iceberg dead ahead and the Titanic is heading directly for him. And so he calls down to the first officer who is on the bridge and the first officer tries to steer the great ship in order to miss the iceberg. But because the ship is moving so fast and because of the closeness of the iceberg, he's not able to turn it completely in time and it shears the forward side of the vessel. And when the iceberg shears the Titanic, it opens up five of its 16 main compartments. Five of those compartments are opened up to the sea. Now those who built the Titanic, they built it so that if four compartments in the forward part of the ship were opened up to the sea, it could still float. Four. Five were open. Some of the crew knew what that meant. So the first officer, he calls down to the captain. Now the captain is at dinner, and the captain receives the message that they hit ice. The captain didn't leave the dinner table because the ship was insinkable. In fact, he had a second cigar after dinner. They were not prepared, and almost 1,500 lives were lost. In fact, the sinking of the Titanic is the greatest tragedy, the greatest maritime tragedy outside of war that occurred. 
because no one was prepared from the captain all the way down. The Titanic had only 20 lifeboats, which was only enough to hold half of the passengers. Many of the crew did not know how to operate the lifeboats. And so when they placed them down in the water, they weren't even at capacity. There was no preparation. They were not ready. And when tragedy struck, they didn't know what to do. My friends, in our own life, in our own spiritual journey, there are icebergs. And we don't know when those icebergs may come up. The question is, are we prepared? And that's what Jesus is asking us in the gospel. Do we have oil in our lamps? Because if we shear an iceberg, are we going to be able to remain steadfast and faithful and vigilant? Are we going to go down to the depths of the sea? How do we stay prepared? Well, there are many ways, my friends, I offer you just a few this morning. One of the ways that is very important is that we have to be centered in Jesus. If we're centered in anyone or anything else, when the iceberg comes, when the tragedy comes, when the disaster comes, when the challenging moments come, if we're centered in anything or anybody else, no matter how good anything or anybody else is, we will sink because we're not centered in the Lord. As the old spiritual goes, Jesus, you're the center of my joy. All that's good and worthy comes from you. You're the heart of my contentment, the hope of all things new. Jesus, you're the center of my joy. He has to be the center of our life. Connected with that, my friends, how do we prepare? We look at our prayer life. Because prayer is how we communicate with God. It's how we develop our relationship with God. And oftentimes you hear me tell people, you have to be prayed up. You don't wait to pray when tragedy hits. Because sometimes we're like, oh, I'm so busy, i got things to do. Prayer can come later. And then when tragedy hits, we think God is a vending machine. We put in our prayers. We Hopefully we hit the right button and something's going to pop out that we want. God is not a vending machine. We have to have a relationship to be able to stand firm and be steadfast. We also prepare by our frequent reception of the sacraments, the Eucharist, our food for the journey, the body, blood, soul, and divinity of our Lord on this faithful pilgrimage till we reach the promised land. Confession, the forgiveness of our sins so that we may not be weighed down by our own sinfulness, but that we may be washed clean in the blood of the Lamb. Another way that we prepare is, do we meditate on Scripture? The Word of God. God continues to speak to us, my brothers and sisters, to this day. Do we meditate on His Word? Do we hear His Word? Do we contemplate His Word? And are we strengthened by it so that it allows us to have oil in our lamps? And one of the last things I offer you this morning, while there are many more, is this. Do we surround ourselves with holy people? First and foremost, the saints. Do we read the lives of the saints so that we can be strengthened in our journey? And by the company that we keep, do we surround ourselves by faithful people who are striving for holiness, who are striving to be a disciple? Because you and I both know, my friends, we're going to become like the company we keep. 
It's going to rub off on us. Do we have oil in our lamps? And ultimately, my brothers and sisters, while we prepare for whatever tomorrow is going to bring, Jesus gets to the heart of the matter at the end of this parable because all we prepared for the last day when we are called to meet the Lord. My grandmother used to love to say, one day you're going to meet your maker and you better be prepared. Well, my friend, that's true for all of us. One day we're going to meet our maker. And the question is, when we do, is the door to the feast going to be shut? And we're shouting out like those foolish virgins, Lord, Lord, open the door. I do not know you. But I came to church every Sunday. I fulfilled my obligation. Although I left after communion. I do not know you. I put my dollar in the collection basket. I do not know you. Whatever it may be, my friends. You see, my brothers and sisters, it's about our faithfulness. So that on the last day, we can wear the crown of eternal glory. Because we live in a world, my friends, that says we don't need God. Those who are familiar with Greek mythology may know the story of the Greek god Atlas. It's where we get the whole notion of a atlas as a book of maps. Well, I'm not going to go through the whole, Greek, whole story, but basically, Atlas ticked off Zeus. And Zeus is the chief of the Greek gods. And as punishment, Atlas had to support the whole world on his shoulder. If you ever see a man supporting the world, that's Atlas. That was his punishment. He had to hold up the world. Well, my brothers and sisters, oftentimes, that's how we live our life. Because we've pushed God out the way. Jesus is not the center of our life. And we're trying to hold everything up. And Jesus is saying to us, my yoke is easy, my burden light. My friends, are we prepared? Are we spiritually prepared? Do we have oil in our laps? Have we brought extra oil? Are we vigilant? Do we stay awake? Because in the end, my friends, as Jesus reminds us in the last verse from the gospel today, you do not know the day or the hour.